led by a bunch of our small groups. It's, they're driving it. They're making all the food. It's food from a whole bunch of different nations. It's good food. It's proper, legit, like street food, home food. Like that's the, it's the kind of stuff that really exists in the nations it comes from. Not like the butter chicken of the Indian world. You know, like we just, we ruined that. White people got a hold of butter chicken and ruined it. All right, so this is, this is, this is real deal food, and, and I want to encourage you, come, bring your neighbours, bring your friends. In your little uh, notes today, you got a little flyer for uh, International Food Festival and International Sunday. That's not for you. That's for you to give away. In fact, right now, our team, we, get, we, uh, we, we went through all the flyers this morning in our first service, so uh, the team are printing a whole bunch more flyers that are going to be available in the foyer that you can grab and do a little walk around your neighborhood as you walk the dog or walk around your neighborhood. Just pray through your neighborhood and deliver a whole bunch of those. We want to encourage our community to come. It's a great way to get people uh, into, onto our site who wouldn't normally come, but also uh, we're raising money for our Christmas box initiative and, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Then the Sunday, it's International Sunday. So uh, South Africans, wash your jersey and come bring it back next Sunday, all right? Uh, we, we come dress in your nation's best. Uh, we want to celebrate and honour the cultures that make up Elam Christian Centre. It's the beauty of our church is the diversity of our church, and uh, we just want to honour you guys and celebrate where you come from. So please come and do that. One more thing to celebrate is this: two weeks ago, we launched a whole new round of small groups. We launched ten brand new small groups, and 144 people signed up to be a part of a small group last two weeks ago. Amazing. And uh, we just, we're just so proud of you guys for doing that. And uh, for the small group leaders who have all started, go for it. Have an amazing term. People who signed up for the group and 144 people, new people in a small group, uh, we just want to say enjoy this term. Take the steps God's calling you to take and go find freedom and go forward in what He has for your life. Um, I want to just share briefly before I preach this morning, um, just on a personal note from Bex and I, uh, we've uh, been on staff here at uh, Elam for 17 years, and I shared this news um, uh, at Heart and Soul a few weeks ago, so if you're at Heart and Soul, you'd know this, but uh, we've been on staff for 17 years, and um, done a lot in that time, and, and nearly 10 years of that has been spent leading uh, churches, leading campus churches. And so as a part of uh, that journey, we're, um, right now, um, we're, it's our time to do what we call sabbatical leave. So like, it's like a long service leave. It's, in church service, we call it a sabbatical. Teachers and the teaching world, they do the same kind of thing. And it's just a bit of an extended leave uh, for us to go and just refresh and uh, just connect with God in a new way, just to go upskill, to learn, to grow, to develop, to take some time out uh, for the next season for us in ministry. And we really feel called to this. This for us is our life. Um, we, we're not going anywhere. For us, this is what God's laid on our heart many years ago to, to just give our lives to doing this. And so this is just a season for us to go and do that and just refresh and come back equipped. So we're, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be leaving on our sabbatical leave. And, um, and oh, no, no one said that. I'm just making that up to make me feel better. Um, oh, uh, and we'll, we'll be back in the new year. Uh, but we have an amazing team. We've got a phenomenal team of leaders, uh, great pastors. They're going to look after you guys just so well. And uh, there's a couple of things I'd ask you to do is this. One, can you pray for us? Uh, just as we go, we're going to the UK, connecting with Orbex's family over there and uh, doing a few different things. And just pray for us that this would be a time just of refreshing and that we'd come back just fired up for a new season and that God would teach us and grow us in this time. Uh, but also, uh, can I ask you to pray for the team here as well? Really get behind them, pray for them. 
and encourage them. And uh, the third thing I ask you to do is just have their back. Get behind the team here, right? So like, uh, just have their back, champion them, cheer them on, encourage them, stir them up, help them out, do whatever you can do. We're, we're looking forward to coming back to a church that is fired up and growing and going into all that God has uh, for us as a church. So uh, just keep that in your prayers. That would be uh, really amazing for us. But we'll see. We'll be back. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll be back. Um, we, we are finishing off a series today called Church 1.0, and I know many of you are not going to hear a word I say because you're just horrified that I'm wearing a Springbok jersey, but uh, if you could open your hearts today, that'd be great. Uh, the series, that we've been looking at some of the powerful practices of the early church. And so I want to look at the final part of uh, this today. It says this, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And I want to explore the last part of that today, that they were devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. Uh, I believe that a praying church is a powerful church. And I've been walking with Jesus for around 20 years. And throughout my, my walk with Jesus, my Christian journey, uh, my prayer life has looked different along the way. My prayer life has kind of looked from, from really amazing and consistent and powerful and regular and, and, and really like just connecting with God in amazing ways. It's been like, in seasons, been so good. And then there's been other seasons where it's like almost been non-existent. And, and, and I know that prayer is powerful. I know that prayer like is the connector between like earth and heaven. Prayer is the connector between the natural and the supernatural. I know the Bible says that prayer is important and it's powerful and it's essential. And I know that prayer is this connector between me and, and my Father in heaven. It's the conversation, it's the communion, it's that connector of relationship. I know that prayer is really important, but it's just, it's hard sometimes. And in different seasons, it's looked different and it's been good and it's been bad. And I don't know your story of, of prayer, what prayer's been like for you. Like maybe you're here today and you, on a scale of zero to 10, you'd be like, I'm a 10 out of 10 in prayer. Like I'm the reason that the Springboks won last night. I moved the hand of God. Like, you know, like you, you're just, you're at another level in terms of prayer. Or maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum and you're like, I haven't even started. I don't even know how to pray. I haven't prayed before. I've never, maybe your first time in church, you're like, I don't even understand what prayer is. Or maybe you're like, my prayer is inconsistent at best. I, my prayer is like, I go to God, I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. I don't know how to do it. Maybe your emergency glass style prayer, where it's like, in case of emergency, break the prayer glass. Like, there's, I don't know where you sit on the journey, but I do know the Word of God teaches that prayer is really important. It's not just important, it's, it's essential. Prayer is, prayer, without prayer, it's like this essential ingredient to the Christian faith and to life is this whole dynamic of prayer. In fact, the way we're made and the way we're wired, prayer is an essential part to our own holistic well-being. Prayer is all tied into that. But in Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus says this about prayer. And when Jesus talks about stuff, you should listen. So Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Jesus, I mean, you gotta always pray. Don't give up on prayer, always pray. First Thessalonians 5 says this, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for you, friend? To pray continuously. 
to always be in prayer, to always have this connectedness and relationship with God, to always have this open and conversation with God. That's God's will for you is to know Him and be known by Him and connect with Him. It's this amazing thing. And the Bible teaches that the early church was devoted to prayer. They devoted themselves to it. It was this essential ingredient in what they did. And so what I wanna do today is, is this. I don't know what your current state of prayer is, but I wanna inspire you and encourage you and give you some stuff to help you pray better. Because for many of us in this room, prayer is difficult, prayer is hard, prayer is boring, prayer is all manner of different things. And so I wanna help us go forward and, and discover the wonder and the beauty and, and, and the, the awesomeness of a conversation in prayer with God. Um, and what I wanna do today is not rocket science. I'm not giving you rocket science because I don't know if you've looked at rocket science, it's confusing. I'm more of like a Lego kind of guy. Let's like put a block on a block on a block and we make a spaceship. Let's do that. So I wanna give you some Lego blocks, some building blocks to help you and I discover prayer. And it's simple, but I believe if you can take a hold of this, it'll be incredibly effective and powerful in your life. So here we go. The first one is this. These are principles of prayer, four principles of prayer. The first one is this, the, the priority of prayer. Number one, the priority of prayer. For me in my, in my life, the very first thing I do every day, like before I do anything, when I first get up in the morning, the very first thing I do every single day is drink coffee. That's what I do. That's what I do, because I'm human, right? I'm a normal person. If you're South African, I'm human, right? So that's, that's <laughs> yeah, he's human. Uh, I drink coffee, so it doesn't matter what day it is, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, it could be Christmas day morning and my kids are wanting to open presents, I'm like, not before daddy has this coffee, all right? I'm drinking coffee, I need to be, why? why? Like, for what you do first and what you prioritize in your life is determined by your values. Like, what you value is what you give priority to, and I value not being grumpy, I value being awake, I value being kind and a nice person, so I drink coffee first as priority. In, in my life, but what you, what, you value, what you value is what you give priority to, and, and actually what you give first to, like what you give first, actually sets the precedent for the rest. Like what you do first, it sets the precedent for the rest. In fact, I believe that what you do first has the potential to bless the rest. And so you've got to start to think about prayer in a place of priority in your life. If prayer has the potential to set up the rest of your day, to set up the rest of your life, the rest of your decisions, the rest of your thinking, if prayer has the potential to bless your thinking in your life and your interactions and the rest of your day, we've got to start thinking about praying as a priority in our lives. I've titled this message, Pray First, because I think the default response we should have as a church is to pray first. Like in anything we do, it's like, I'm gonna pray first. Before I go into that meeting, I'm gonna pray first. Before my, like, I take my kid to the doctor, I'm gonna pray first. Still take him to the doctor, but I'm gonna pray first. Before I go into that situation, I'm gonna pray first. Before I start my day, I'm gonna pray first. Even if that prayer is just, God, help. I need help today. Here's what I want you to do. You've all got a phone, probably, most likely all of you have got a phone. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your phone out right now. Some of you got your phone out because you're busy taking notes. That's what I believe in Jesus' name. You're not scrolling Facebook. <laughs> grab your phone. Everybody grab your phone. Think about this. Think about the time of day that you would normally get up tomorrow. So your Monday, 
the, day, the time you'd normally get up to go to work or go to uni or get ready or what, the, the normal time. So it might be 6.30, might be 7 a.m., might be 6 a.m., whatever it is. If you're a bit of a shift worker, it might be a little bit earlier than that. So here's what I want you to do. Get your alarm. Open the app that says alarm or whatever it is. And I want you to set an alarm just 15 minutes earlier than your normal get-up time. Just 15 minutes. That's all I'm asking, just 15 minutes. I'm not asking a lot, I'm just asking 15 minutes. Just take that alarm, set it 15 minutes earlier, and that extra 15 minutes, take that time at the start of your day to pray. Put a priority of prayer in. I'm not asking a lot. If you wanna go more, go more, go half an hour. If you're really holy, an hour. <laughs> if you like Pastor Luke, four hours. Seeking the nations. Make a, a, an appointment with God at the beginning of your day and make it a priority and keep that appointment. Keep that appointment with God. Sit in your calendar, do it now, and I look forward to you guys getting woken up early. It's gonna be great. Number two, second principle is the, is the place of prayer. So the priority of prayer, then the place of prayer. Jesus had this uh, habit of going to places to pray. He, from Gethsemane to mountains to the wilderness, Jesus would go from his normal surrounding and he would go to a place of prayer. Mark 1.35, and this ties beautifully with point one. Very early in the morning, priority. First, very first thing. While it's still dark, priority. Before anything else starts, he puts a priority. Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place place where he prayed, the place of prayer. It's, it's important that uh, if you're going to build a good routine and a, and a healthy prayer life, one of the greatest things you can do is create a place to go pray, like a place of prayer. We often talk in Christian circles about like a prayer closet. I'm going to my prayer closet. If you're new to church, we don't hang out in wardrobes. Just saying that, right? It's just like, what are you doing hanging out in wardrobes? Someone goes to get their shirt, Shh, I'm praying. Like, <laughs> shut the door. We don't necessarily do that. But what we're talking about with a prayer closet is, is a place that we go. That's our little spot where we go and pray. And I want to invite and encourage every person to have a place. What, what is your place? What's the place that you're going to go tomorrow to go pray? It, it, it doesn't have to be a, a closet, a wardrobe, a room. It, if, it, like for, for me, my place, I have three places of prayer that I go to depending on the schedule of my day and the craziness of my children. So my, my first place is a chair in our lounge. It's just a chair in our lounge. We have a, just a, like an open plan house. There's just one big room. That's basically all our houses. But we, in that space, there's a chair. That is my chair. And I go, and I sit in that chair, and that's my place where I go to pray. If my children are awake and going mental, my place changes. <laughs> it becomes my bedroom, and I have a, just sit on the edge of my bed, and that's my place, and I sit there and I pray. The third place I have is here. I actually come uh, an, a few times a week. I, go, I come in really early, and I just come into my office, and I spend time in prayer. It's a place for me where I come and, and, and I come and pray. Where's your place? Do you have a place? It doesn't have to be like a room. You could just have a cushion. Just like go down to Briscoe's after this. They're always having a sale. You know that. And get yourself a cushion. And that cushion could be your prayer cushion. So wherever that cushion goes, that's your prayer spot. You could be anywhere in the world. Boom, there's my cushion. Oh, that's, my, that's my place of prayer. F find a place and go there every day. Make it your place where you go and you, and you meet with God. The priority of the prayer and a place of prayer. I've even got in your notes there a little space where it says, my, my place of prayer will be. And you can, you can write in like, just an idea, just start somewhere. If you try it and it's not a good place, 
Find another place. Do something else. Number three, the plan of prayer. The plan of prayer. I think one of the greatest myths of Hollywood is, and they lived happily ever after. I think that's a great myth of Hollywood. It's like, like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do any work. If you love each other, you'll live happily ever after. I don't know about you, but my happily ever after takes a lot of work. Not, I'm not talking about, like I'm just talking about the relationship. I, that wasn't, I wasn't meaning to be mean about my wife right there. She's awesome. Um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of intent and a lot of um, in, a thought and planning to build a relationship with somebody. It doesn't just happen by accident. You actually have to put a lot of thought into it. You have to have a plan of how you're going to connect. We, we have, uh, Bix and I have a great uh, relationship, and, but we've got a busy life. We've got kids, and they play sport, and we've got church life, and we've got ministry, and we've got leadership. We've got, it's just, our life is just this massive whirlwind of craziness, right? Uh, but within that, if we don't make a plan to connect relationally, then, then we will drift, you just start to drift apart from each other. But what we do every week is we sit down and we make a plan of how we're going to connect. Like, what are we going to do together? Like, how are we going to hang out? What are we gonna, what's the plan? We need to have a plan of what we're going to do so that the, it fosters a healthy relationship. You, in any relationship, you need to have a plan of how you're going to connect with somebody. The same is true with God. Going to God with a plan, oh, this is how I'm going to connect with God, it'll change everything for you. Going to God, like for most of you, you go to God to pray. Pray, you don't know what to say, how to say it, you don't know where to start, you don't know how to finish, and, and also if you do do, like if you do have a bit of a rhythm, often you're saying the same thing every single day. It's like there's no dynamic to prayer. It's because you don't have a plan. And, and some of you not enjoying it, it's because you don't have a plan. So what I've given you this morning is a booklet. It's, it's a seven-day prayer guide. You got it as you came in with your sermon notes, a little blue booklet. It's a seven-day prayer guide. And what I want to challenge you to do is go on a journey for the next seven days with us. Seven days, starting tomorrow. And let's just begin a journey to go to that place of prayer with a plan. This is, this is actually my method or my plan of prayer that I have in my natural rhythm of, of life. So every day of the week, I split it up and I'm praying a Kickstarter uh, is different every day. So the different focus, different thing I'm praying into every day, it keeps a variation, but it also gives me a direction to start with. I also have a list of things I'm praying for. I have a top 10 list of big God-only prayers that I've been praying since day one. So since the start of this year, I have a list of 10, top 10 big only God prayers that I pray every single day that only God can do and move in. So far, he's answered nine of those 10 prayers. I got one more to go and I'm just believing in like two more months. I'm like, let's go. It's amazing when you go with a plan, the dynamic will change. And when you go with a plan, you'll go from, uh, from, from going, oh man, I'm glad that's over, to man, it's over so fast. Like you run out of time because you'll be halfway through the plan and it'll change the whole dynamic. And the last one I want to talk about, the bank income, is this. I want to talk about the persons of prayer. The persons of prayer. I want to say this. We, we, we have a natural bend to becoming religious. And so don't allow the place and the plan to become the goal. The goal is not the place of prayer, and the goal is not the plan of prayer. The goal is the person of prayer. The goal is to connect with the person of God, to foster a relationship. The place and the plan are just tools to connect with the Creator. And it's really important that we have a good view and a good understanding of who the God is that we are praying to. 
if you've got a skewed view of who God is, your prayers will be different. But if you see God clearly for who He is, you approach God in a very different manner. And so what I wanna do is introduce you to the persons of prayer. It's the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three persons of God. And I wanna help frame uh, just really quickly a nutshell view of who God is. And I hope it helps you when you approach Him tomorrow to view Him in the right way. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus, a great summation of the persons of God, may the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I wanna introduce you to the amazing grace of Jesus. The amazing grace of Jesus. You need to understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the one who is carrying your prayers to the Father. He is, that's why we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. He's the connector. He's the mediator between God and man. He's the one that bridges the gap between us. He, in fact, the Bible says that He's sitting at the right hand of the Father and He's interceding for us on our behalf. He's interceding to the Father on, on, on our behalf and, and, and it's, it's an amazing thing. And, and Jesus wants you connected to the Father so badly that He went to a cross and He died on that cross to pay the penalty for your sin, my sin, past, present and future to reconnect you back to the Father. And He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us on our behalf to the Father. It's amazing. And Hebrews 4 tells us that we have a great high priest in Jesus. He's a great high priest. And, and, and He is not removed from your suffering and my suffering. In fact, it says that when He was here, He was tempted and tested in every possible way. So when He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, you don't have a Jesus that doesn't get it. He gets it all. And so when you're coming and saying, this is really difficult, He's going, I know because I've been there. And so when He takes your prayers to the Father, you've got a, you've got a, a Jesus that fully gets it and cares. So he's like, man, I get that. I'm bringing that to the Father. Let me, let me tell you about the extravagant love of God, the extravagant love of the Father. I don't know what your Father was like on earth, but I can tell you this, that your Father in heaven is very different. He's very different. Psalm 103 verse eight beautifully paints a picture of the nature of the Father. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. Like the Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. When you are approaching the Father, you're approaching a Father who loves you more than you can even comprehend and desires to bless you and to pour out His love on your life. And then, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Once the prayer meeting is over, He's the one that goes with you. Like, once you're done praying, He's like, all right, Steve, let's go get this. I'm with you now, let's go. Let's do this life. 
He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's the counsellor. So once you pray it and you leave it in the hands of the Father, He's like, okay, I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to help you walk it out. I'm going to help you get there. See, this is the picture of who God is. The amazing grace of Jesus. The extravagant love of the Father and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. That's the God we're praying to. The early church, they devoted themselves to prayer. And, and I want to finish with this. There's a, um, a great man in our church. His name's Dr. Graham Smith. He's been here for a very long time. And he, um, uh, I use him as a, as, a, as a bit of a teaching mentor. He, I, he sends me um, the articles and scholarly things that he's written and sends it to me every, every fortnight. And I get to read them. It's just a way to learn and grow and just pull on the wisdom that's in our church. And um, he wrote an article recently. In fact, he's one of the only people I've given full permission to critique every one of my messages to the bones. Like, you can, he can email me anytime he wants and says, this is rubbish. Like, he's the only one I've given permission to. Um, many others don't have that permission, but still do. <laughs> I'm just, I'm joking. He said this, and I thought it was amazing. He said, I wish I'd known earlier than I did that being a Christian is about a passionate relationship with God. If that relationship is not there with constant conscious interaction with a holy God, a wonderful Savior, our best friend, then we are hopelessly lost, still in our sins and without a sure and certain hope of eternity. For such a relationship is fostered through prayer. I wish I'd known that. For in my youth, my heart cry to God was, Lord, make me a man of the Word. But as I've gotten older, learning that without me you can do nothing, my heart cry to God has become increasingly, Lord, make me a man of prayer. Can I pray for you, church? Come on, let's bow our heads. God, I thank you for every person in this room. And I pray, Lord, make us a church of prayer. Just like the early church was devoted to prayer, I pray stir the heart of every person here today to be a person who seeks after you. Give us a heart for prayer. Give us a wonderful dynamic in prayer. Give us that connection that we so desire with you in prayer. And God, I pray that as we go forward as a church, that as we pray, both individually and collectively, God, you would cause us to be a church filled with your power and abundance. We ask that in Jesus' name. Just while everyone's got their eyes closed and their head bowed, I want to pray one more prayer today. I, I don't know your story or your journey or what brought you into church today, but I do know this, that God does love you very much, that Jesus died for your sin, that He's got new life for you. And no matter what you've done, what your story, God has got grace for your life. And if you're here today and you're not right with God and you want to get right with Him, or maybe you've never even made a decision to place your life into the hands of God, to trust Him with your life, I want to invite you here today, if you're not right with God, to pray a very simple prayer with me. This is a prayer that'll get you on the right track with Him. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, this prayer, but... You don't have to pray it out loud. You can join with me and pray it in your heart. If you want to get your life right with God today, maybe you don't know Him or you do, but you're far from Him, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. I'll pray it out loud. You pray it in your heart. Just say these words. Say, God, today, right here, right now, I surrender my life to You. I know that I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, You died for me. And right now, I ask You to come in, get a hold of my life, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask you now to make me brand new today. 
in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, I'm so proud of you. I think this is the most incredible thing you could ever do. And I wanna invite you to do something really brave for me. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're serious, I want you to do something. When I get, I'm gonna to count to three. When I get to three, if you did pray it, I want you to be really brave right where you are and I want you to put your hand up nice and high just so I can see it. Look, I'm not doing that to, to embarrass you or call you out or anything like that. What I will do is I'll see your hand from here, I'll acknowledge you and then you can put it straight back down. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're getting right with God today on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, Three, hands up nice and high right now, saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Awesome, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else saying, Steve, yeah, on the mezzanine, God bless you too, that's incredible. Anyone else saying, Steve, that's me, that's me. Hand up nice and high. Awesome, yeah. Right down the back. God bless you. Awesome. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this house. We bless every person that's just said yes to you. I thank you that new life has come to them. I pray your blessing on them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, put your hands together for all those people that just said yes to Jesus. So good. Amazing. Hey, church, I want to ask you to do one more thing with me. If you could grab the Connect card that's sitting, the little orange.